From Press Communications, LLC, this is Jersey Shore Matters with Diane de Oliveira. It has been a very busy wildfire season so far, and the New Jersey Audubon is trying to get the public and environmental organizations to work together to protect the Pinelands, which stretches across seven counties. Joining me today is Kristen Maestrell, the group's vice president of stewardship. Kristen, there have been so many wildfires, not just in New Jersey, but worldwide. Uh, Look at the situation in Hawaii, Canada, Australia. Uh, We have been a little luckier in New Jersey. How does fire suppression pose a danger to our forests? I think it's a combination of fire suppression and also lack of management, particularly in our Pine Barren ecosystem. So the Pine Barren ecosystem is fire dependent, so it needs fire to be able to thrive and regenerate. Uh, But what we have done is, one, we have kind of reduce the amount of management of our forest. So we've kind of just let our forest go. And then at the same time, for very good reasons, uh, things like you know public safety, we have uh, really worked hard to um, suppress fire. And so while that is protecting, you know, protecting our communities, what it's doing is kind of building up this fuel layer of um, trees and shrubs and pine needles and all sorts of things. And then at the same time, it's also making the trees less resilient. So they're not as healthy, right? They're not as strong. And so then what the biggest concern is, is that eventually a wildfire is going to uh, come through. It's going to be uncontrollable and it will um, ultimately go into the path of our communities, which is the thing that we want to try and prevent. Kristen, there are controlled burns all of the time. So um, what else can be done to prevent wildfires? And if you're saying we're kind of suppressing the pine lands, then what, what should be done? Yeah, so the prescribed fire uh, is certainly one one tool that we can use to try and mitigate some of this, mitigate the, the risk of massive wildfires. But what we're seeing right now is that we often do prescribed burns on um, properties that have seen some sort of management or prescribed burns um, in the past. So it tends to be on kind of similar acres over and over and over again, which is great. You know, that's kind of protecting that particular piece, but we're not able to do that in other areas. And so one of the suggestions is to use ecological forest stewardship, uh, which could include select thinning. Um, It could include... uh, kind of larger treatments. It could include prescribed fire. It could include um, things like planting um, and that sort of thing to sort of help our forests along to become a little bit healthier. So then that way we can actually safely do prescribed burns. So if you go into an area that has never seen management in the last you know several decades, right, you're going to get a lot of trees that are a lot very close together. They're very, very weak, and you're going to get a lot of fuel um, that leads up to the top of the canopy. If you were to do a prescribed burn there, that could quickly get out of control. And so kind of using a couple different techniques, select thinning, some ecological forest stewardship, and prescribed burns together can really help to maintain the health of our forest and ecosystem and then protect our communities. So does the State Forest Fire Service already do these things or the State DEP? And if not, why aren't they? Is it a money issue? Yeah, so the, um, you know, as I mentioned, right, prescribed fire happens, um, you know, quite often, um, you know, but it does tend to happen on, on the same acres. 
Um, in terms of uh, ecological forest stewardship, um, there's a couple of different things that play into it. One, it is very expensive to um, to actually implement. Um, so, you know, oftentimes, right, you're trying to, um, one, you have to create and develop a plan, um, which takes quite some time to actually write that plan, and then to actually implement the plan, um, that costs quite a bit of money, right? You're oftentimes paying contractors to go in and, and um, do the work. And so, you know, funding is certainly an issue. And then there's also kind of a, a stigma of um, ecological forest management when it comes to um, ecosystem services, right? Cutting trees down doesn't always sit very well with, with people, um, particularly, you know, the public. And so um, part of it, too, is just education, right, trying to talk to folks about why we're doing what we're doing, why ecological forest stewardship is a good thing, um, and, you know, what we can expect to see into the future. And Kristen, just in light of, of what we've been seeing happen around the world, are there any changes being talked about or discussed uh, to prevent such a thing from happening here? I mean, I remember the, the Pinelands fire years ago, but that's the last, like, major, major fire that I recall. You know, we've had a, a handful of, of pretty significant wildfires. Um, I believe it was 2019, perhaps. There was the Spring Hill Fire, which um, spread through about 12,000 acres, if I recall correctly. Um, so that was a pretty significant one. Even the, the wildfire that we had this year um, in Manchester Township, um, although that was relatively small, right, it was very close to a lot of communities, and I think it's threatened over 150 structures. And so, right, like, there's been a lot of discussion and a lot of debate about what we should be doing. New Jersey Audubon was um, a part of a process called the Forest Task Force, um, the New Jersey Forest Task Force, which was mandated or, or requested by Senator Smith in our New Jersey State Senate. Um, and so that brought together a whole wide variety of different stakeholders to kind of uh, take a look at what is going on with our forest and provide recommendations. So we did go through that process, and that is kind of being reviewed to be part of the, the legislature. Um, and then on top of that, there's also quite a lot of um, resources out there for uh, private land. So the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service has um, several programs, including Working Land for Wildlife program, where you can, um, if you're a private landowner, you can actually apply and get some financial assistance to do some of this work, um, including, you know, forest stewardship plan development. So there's a lot of different things that we're seeing as trying to address it. But, you know, really, we need to be able to kind of t take a look at our forests as a whole and move, move in a good direction where we can make sure that our forests are healthy and that our communities are safe. How is the New Jersey Autobahn getting this word out to residents? Maybe they, they aren't aware that there are grants available or money available for them to be able to do this. Yeah, so, you know, first is, right, talking to, talking to folks like you, right, trying to get the word out um, to really say that, hey, there is money available and New Jersey Audubon can actually help um, help you through the process of getting, you know, of getting um, the application in and actually working uh, with the USDA uh, to get those funds. Um, we do uh, quite a bit of targeted outreach, so we'll take a look at kind of some of the areas um, that we're seeing and, and do some outreach. Um, sometimes we'll do events where we are, um, inviting folks in to, to learn about some of these programs. And then you can also visit our website, which is njaudubon.org. 
Um, and we oftentimes have uh, some of these programs advertised um, on our website as well. And Kristen, what kind of federal money is actually available? So there is a quite a bit of federal money. The, the biggest source of funds is the USDA, um, the Natural Resources Conservation Service. Over the next couple of years, federal dollars will actually increase pretty significantly from things like the Inflation Reduction Act um, and the infrastructure um, bill that was recently passed. And so all of those funds um, will get distributed through um, across the different states and um, will then be able to go directly to landowners looking to restore their property. And that money is going to continue to increase over the next several years. And so there's going to be quite a bit of USDA funds available for landowners to take advantage of and get some really great work done. I realize you probably can't or probably don't know a dollar figure at this point, but any ballpark figure of what each household could possibly qualify for? Is there a cap? There's not typically a cap. Um, There are some eligibility requirements. So you have to have your property registered with the Farm Service Agency, which is the sister agency to NRCS. And, you know, there's some income, gross income levels that, uh, you know, that you have to be below in order to qualify. But on average, right, like it, it is paid out on a per acre basis. And it depends on what kind of practice that you're looking for. So, you know, something like forest stand improvement could get, you know, anywhere from 50 to say $300 an acre, you know, but then there may be um, other practices that may pay a little bit more and other practices that may pay less. So it kind of depends, but, you know, there is the funding that they, um, that the USDA sets um, is based on kind of what the actual cost of the practice is um, to get it done. And so they uh, try and, you know, use all that information to come up with a, a good payment schedule. So then it's actually feasible for landowners to be able to implement the project. Yeah, that was my next question. Is it enough yeah. to cover the work that needs to be done? Yeah, at times it depends. You know, um, in some instances, it can certainly help cover a, a good portion of the amount of funds. Um, But in other instances, especially in a post-COVID world, right, we saw a lot of prices increase. And so, you know, at times um, there are there are some uh, gaps. And so actually New Jersey Audubon um, and other nonprofit organizations work to try and um, secure additional grant funds to actually be able to sort of cover the, the remaining cost to be able to get some of this work done. Oftentimes, you know, we're trying to work to identify different um, different funding sources to help you know, make sure cost is covered. What is the response from homeowners who are in the Pinelands? Uh, are they receptive to this or do they feel like it's just too much work to be bothered? Filling out applications for state or federal funding can be very tedious. What is the response from homeowners? What New Jersey Audubon tries to do is One, act as sort of a liaison between the landowners and the federal government. So kind of help, you know, help you along the way uh, to get your application in. The application itself is actually very, very simple. Um, You know, it's uh, like one or two pages. You're really just filling out kind of basic information. It's the rest of the, the paperwork that can get a little tedious. 
But New Jersey Audubon is is here to help you um, move through the application process and move through some of the eligibility. And the other thing that we try and do is really, you know, get to know the, the landowner before we move into any sort of project. So get to know the landowner, understand what their goals are, right, understand what they're looking for and kind of see what they are willing to do and then try and find that middle ground where, you know, not only are we helping to um, meet the goals of the landowner, but we're also helping to restore habitat. Kristen, is there a deadline for applying for these funds or is it just a revolving thing? You can apply at any time. Um, however, they do batch those the applications. So um, I believe the deadline, the deadline for this year is sometime in October. I believe it's October 20th, but don't quote me on that. You can um, you know, get that information from the um, USDA website. Essentially, if you get your application in before October, um, you'll be eligible. You'll kind of be first in line, sort of, right? You'll be first in line and eligible for funds um, in the, the next year. Um, if you get it in afterwards, that's okay. You still might be able to get funding um, for next year. It just sort of depends on what the other folks in front of you um, do if they, you know, if they need to drop out or if their funding you know, doesn't go through. And Kristen, I'll just ask you one more time for the website for people who want information about um, how they can help uh, with fire suppression or protect their properties. What is the website? Yep. So it is njaudubon.org. That is N-J-A-U-D as in dog, U. As in boy, on.org. Kristen Maestrell, Vice President of New Jersey Audubon. Thank you. You can hear Jersey Shore Matters with Diane D'Oliveira every Sunday morning on Press Communications, LLC.